And I'm Bill Leslie. Welcome to the Leap Then Look podcast, a series of interviews with artists working at the crossroads of art and education. We work together as Leap Then Look, creating participatory projects, events and workshops for people of all ages and abilities, which focus on creating collaborative, playful and experimental approaches to making art. What kind of spaces do artists create for people to work together in? How does this work inform artistic practice in general? And why is it important right now for artists to find collaborative and participatory ways of working? In this first series of the podcast, there are three recordings. One with collaborators Anis Jocelyn and Sarah Cole. One with Natalie Zervu Keruish, also known as Starting With Art. And one with Ruby Pester and Nadia Rossi. What all these artists have in common is that they make incredibly exciting artworks, events, workshops and projects through which they involve other people in their artistic processes as participants and collaborators. For these artists, working in this way is not secondary to their own individual art practice, it's central to the understanding of the work they make and the artists they are. We'd like to say thank you to AN, the Artist Information Company, for supporting this podcast with an artist bursary, and thank you to all the artists we spoke with. Ruby Pester and Nadia Rossi are an artist duo based in Glasgow. They've been working collaboratively across Scotland and internationally since 2008. Their practice involves the creation of sculpture, installation, public interventions and collaborations in response to people and places. Their installations and events often involve large inflatable objects, props and costumes for people to explore and respond to. They're currently running a project in Glasgow called Rumpus Room, working with groups of young people as creative advisors and offering workshops for the community. They're also part of an all-female band called Falope and the Tubes. This interview was recorded in September 2019 in the Govan Hill Community Centre in Glasgow where Rumpus Room will be taking place. Huge thanks to both Ruby and Nadia for their lively and inspiring conversation. I began asking them about their large-scale participatory installations. I was thinking about the last one, the project that we did in Newcastle, Newcastle. at the Baltic. Baltic uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, was that um, Infinity Room? Infinity Pitch. Infinity Pitch. Infinity yeah. Pitch. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a takeover of one of the big gallery spaces for like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny the way it came about, though. I feel like what happened was that maybe they just like... And an artist cancelled, and then they were like, shit, we need someone to fill this. Who do we know that can do it for no money for a month? Oh, let's get these guys, they're cheap. (laughs) Okay, yeah, (laughs) we'll do it. Um, Because, yeah, it was a very last-minute project, and it was really daunting, because they were like, oh, come down and visit the space and get a sense of it. And we came in, and we were like, this room is huge. It's like massive, massive, massive room. And the budget was really small and they wanted this, you know, we're working with the education team, which was the first time I think mm. that sort of collaboration had happened. So there was like the curator, the education department, and then us as the artists. So the mm. three of us were working together. Um, and it was during the holidays. So there was this discussion about how can we make this space really active and for, you know, ch- children and families to come in and take it over in some way. Um yeah, and we just walked into that space and it was like, oh my God, what the heck can we do it here? It was so daunting, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> especially like with such a small budget as well. We were like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So we had to sort of repurpose some work that we already had. But actually that suits us anyway because we quite like to reuse things, I guess, mm-hmm. for different projects. Um, yeah, do you want to talk a bit about what we did? Yeah, we, um, 
so we had like um, a number of inflatable sculptures. We made a new one, the pyramid mm-hmm. bubble that you could go inside. Um, but we we'd reused a few from another project before. And we used those to fill the space. That was good because they were big and they're portable and they can, you know, fill space. And then we had um, a set of different activity stations, um, like action stations where people could come in and take part and um, do different things in the space. And they could also take a costume and put a costume on and sort of take on the role of being in that space and being a sort of... It was more like a sort of laboratory in a way, or a sort of yeah, it's like an ex- experimental, experimental play space. Uh-huh. So, who were some of the different groups that you invited? There was Rebaba Choir. Who else did we invite? We had. So, are they singing original music that they write as well? Then that choir, or how? Um, they are. So they do lots of different projects working with artists, mm. and um, they were doing. I don't think they write their own songs, but they do lots of workshops as well. And um, they brought some little bits and pieces of music that other people had written, like an Ivor Cutler song, um, some other like sort of rhymes and stuff, I guess. And so they were sort of working with us. And then whoever was in the gallery that day um, doing these like warm ups, again, using our bodies, using our voices. So it was just about ways that we could occupy spaces. But Mm -hmm. I guess we were thinking about the groups we were inviting, we were thinking about okay, occupying space physically, but then also with our voices and how we can take up space, you know, through singing and shouting. Um, so we had this like choir and then we had we had drone ensemble. the drone ensemble who were based in Newcastle. So we really wanted to like also try and get some people from Newcastle involved as well, like not just mm-hmm. bring folk from different places in. They were making instruments, they make some amazing instruments. Mm-hmm. So they brought some of these like handmade instruments in and just like filled the space with noise for a day, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fritz Welch, who's an artist, who's from New York, New York, basically. Yeah. But he lives in Glasgow, and we've worked with him before. And he's a performance artist. Um, so he came down and worked with Stasis, who are the dance group who we've done a few workshops with before. Um, and we were using our bodies for that session, so we were thinking about ways that we can fill the space through movement. Um, and we ended up kind of doing a bit of a sort of impromptu parade that day with working with those two folk. Through the, gallery space. through the gallery yeah. on tables because we'd made some tables on wheels for the for the, the space. Mm-hmm. So we had like drums on drums, tables, kids on tables. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no risk assessment. And just like going through the gallery, just like making all the racket basically. I guess we were treating these sorts of projects as ways to be able to try stuff out with other people as well. Mm-hmm. So like using them as an opportunity mm-hmm. to to like like share a budget with some other artists, bring some other people in and like try something out together. So there's something really nice about that. Rather than using a show as like a way of going, here's the thing we've made, it's finished. We're uh-huh. really using it as a space to sort of like experiment and try stuff out and um, an extension. So it totally changed as it went, like yeah. and it grew, you know, arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, we've sort of really spoken nice. about that before too. Like rather than, I guess, with materials and stuff that we make things from as well. Like rather than spending money on stuff, we'd much rather like share that money, like around people. You know, mm. so like, what's the point in like, oh, get this new, really nice fabric? It's like, we've already got stuff here, let's just reuse that and then we can use that money to give to someone yeah. else to like bring us together. You know, like, that just seems to make so much more sense than what we do. Um, which is why a lot of the stuff, like the actual material stuff, gets reused and, you know, I guess that's 
sometime in the back of our minds as mm. we go along that's mm. important to us yeah I think that's the piece that's how we discovered you guys because somebody told us about that okay. piece and then we saw the pictures and it just was so um it just looked so exciting yeah. and um like well I, th- I was going to ask you more about because you have such a kind of interesting and particular kind of aesthetic to your work Mm -hmm. like the use of really bright primary colors Mm -hmm. seem to come back again Mm -hmm. um and kind of a handmade sort Mm -hmm. of aesthetic so you had so in the space yeah that huge space um the images that i saw had those inflatables Mm -hmm. that are all you know they've got like a wonkiness to them haven't they and Mm -hmm. um and then there was loads and loads of electrical tape mm-hmm. in all different primary colours yeah. all over the floor. Mm-hmm. So is that something that people were invited to come in and, and do over the course of the month? Yeah. So you yeah. built up this kind of image. Mm-hmm. It was people funny because in. that was one of... So we had these sort of like four, I don't know, inflatables in the room to sort of mark different space in the room and then we had these different action points around those. Mm. And like one of them was a simple thing which just said, take a roll of tape and mark your way around the gallery. And we just thought, okay, that would be like a few, mm. few lines of tape on the floor. Mm. And then like two days later, they'd already started going up the walls, the pillars. <laughs> like it was, it was insane the amount of tape that ended up getting used in that space. Yeah. yeah. And there was also um, some huge banners around yeah. the room that had different text on them. Yeah, we made some sort of banners that were prompts or mm-hmm. um, I can't even remember what the text said now. Yeah, some words that just sort of like, I don't know, maybe just set the scene a little bit or like maybe help to prompt some of that action yeah. that happened in that space as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of the busiest exhibitions that they've ever had, I think, in Baltic. Wow. Which was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and actually not taking up too much space gave people space to do things in as well, which mm. was quite good. We hadn't mm. really thought about that. You know, your first thought of a big space is like, how are we going to fill this space? Mm. But actually giving space to the audience or the participants or the people that make the show happen, it was great because it just, it meant that like much more activity could happen. There was more things built. You know, there was a building station where you could make things out of cardboard. There was a station where you could make things, written things out of signs. And there's this floor, Mm. you know, activity, which ended up going all up the walls as well, which was amazing. and there was this station where you could try on some inflatables. So you had like sort of inflatable suits. So we inflatable suits, yeah, yeah we could used wear them for other projects. And they have little power packs, so like little air fans inside rucksacks that attach the tubes inside them. Oh, so wow. can yeah, put them on and turn those fans on. That's and so amazing. They inflate and yeah, they're great and they're really they're really playful and fun. And um, we made some really nice videos actually with working with some other artists in Newcastle. Um, for the show there was a nice video piece that we made where we were just exploring different places in Newcastle with these suits on the inflatables we called ourselves mm-hmm. and I think I think what, what worked the best for that is just some really simple activities that people can just find their own way in they don't need someone to tell them how to do it or what to do like things that just mm-hmm. make the most sense mm-hmm. it's just like really simple materials Who were some of the artists that you look to? Because I'm thinking I always have a kind of little handful of artists that seem really important to me that I go back to again and again. I was just thinking of the diggers. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff from the the 60s and 70s, like California, I'm going to say. Yeah, I think so, or San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, Um, 
the Deckers mm. and um, Ant Farm people. Ant Farm, yeah. And they made loads of um, inflatables, but also they made loads of manuals where you could then they would share them with you, mm. so you'd have the skills to make those oh, things too. So like that was something that we were really interested in as well, just like. You know, not our practice being this special thing that like only we, we can do. It. To ourselves, yeah. It's like how can you share that and like yeah. how can people make their own versions and stuff? Is this what led um, you to making inflatables? Is this one of the um, things? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think we discovered them after we yeah. started making inflatables. I don't know when or why we started doing that, and I can't even think what no, the first one we did know. was. Are you terrible. are you getting them fabricated or are you we literally make making them. them by hand? Yeah. yeah. Huh, we make them by hand so I mean it's just like we're just learning as we go mm-hmm. and that's probably part of the aesthetic as well but um, mm. it's really it's really fun to just try and work out because I mean a lot of it's like we're like we should really speak to like an engineer or like somebody that understands like you know what we're doing here so like yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, what is that you know, so we're like we've got like we're like how do you make an right, we've got an apple we're like how are we going to make this like how can we turn it into something that inflates like beach ball it's got those bits and this yeah. top glass yeah, yeah so a lot of it's just um, just we just try it and then it, it always looks kind of like a bit a bit wonky you know, wonky anyway, <laughs> yeah. but then we're fine because that's what we're going for right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just embrace that look and I think it would be quite strange if we got something made for us because I think it would just not feel like ours at all you know and I think part right. of it is that time in the studio where you're making it and you're chatting and then you've got time to chat about the other things you know and like maybe it's a big part of the process yeah. isn't it yeah yeah it always um, has the actual like, like the actual sewing the actual, the actual, actual yeah yeah and mm-hmm. I think that would That's be really so nice. messed if mm-hmm. like we weren't physically using our hands for something mm-hmm. um, and I think that always frees us up to like talk about things or like think about things when we're, we've got that time to make something mm-hmm. So how long have the two of you worked together? And did you meet at we met university? At school, yeah. yeah. Well, we actually, we knew each other before then, but mm-hmm. we really got to know each other at art school and um, here in Glasgow in Dundee. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And we've worked together for about ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a kind of collaborative arts practice, <laughs> and then um, when what kind of led you to working with other people? How did that sort of start to happen? Uh, Even from when we first started, we, we made a piece together at our degree show and it was working with another group of people and we made a sort of performance piece and that was mm-hmm. the first thing that we'd done together. But um, it felt really freeing and fun because it was an extra thing we just wanted to do without the pressure of all the crap of degree show. So I think that that mm-hmm. was a really like nice and organic thing that just happened mm-hmm. between us and then it just continued to happen. Um, when we left art school, we, we kept working together and um, although there was no plan there was no project that wasn't like you know now we're going to think about three years ahead it just like happened mm. project to project um, and I think maybe what happened was we started doing a lot of workshops and we kind of saw what we made we were, we were doing a lot of performance projects together mm-hmm. and then we were doing a lot of workshops together but we didn't really see them as part of the same thing at the start and I think I don't know what happened but I think it was when we had that residency in hospital field, like we had a bit of time to think about it and map everything out. Mm. And we kind of just realised that that was, that they were part of, obviously they're, they're both part of our practice, but they were much closer aligned than we'd, than we'd thought. You know, yeah. because it was that excitement of working with people that made our work feel like alive or active or active, something. Yeah. Sort of activated what we were doing. You know? I think a lot of the time it's like we had, we had visions for 
a lot of costume or props that would be activated by people. So it just felt natural to invite other groups or individuals mm-hmm. yeah. to yeah, to use use those things mm-hmm. and play with those things. So performance was really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what yeah. did that kind of early work look like? Um, it was more like there'd be events and people would ask us to come and do something live at it. So there was like something we did in Edinburgh um, for that uh, Corporal Volta night. You know, it was like mm-hmm. a sort of night of different kinds of performances in someone's flat. And we did this sort of sol- soldier marching performance, whacking each other with fish <laughs> and with some pretty bonkers music. So there, it was mostly the two of us in costume doing something with props and sound, mm. maybe working with musicians. We, we did quite a lot of stuff with other musicians yeah, early did. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it took a while for us to work out that that stuff and then the stuff we were doing with bigger groups of people that felt a bit more public, less, more, more formal, yes, in a way, that we mm. could, that could all become one thing. So we don't do as much of that performance stuff anymore, just the two of us. Um, yeah, it just gradually sort of expanded yeah. out, doesn't it, to, mm-hmm. to other collaborations, yeah. I guess, with different musicians or artists. Or, mm. And I guess yeah. we get so much more out of that as well, because we get to meet people and work with people, and those things are informed slightly differently, so yeah. maybe like, you know, it changes how you imagine it could be, and it's always so much more exciting when mm. there's other people involved. How much are your sort of workshops or events... Um, planned and how much are you kind of creating them as you go I mean mm. I guess it's different per project yeah. but there's definitely a lot of um, there's definitely a, a plan and there's definitely mm. a, a whole new thing that happens in the workshop which is totally great and yeah there's usually like, like a starting point yeah, isn't there that's that we exactly will, right. we a starting come point. up with yeah and then um, it just grows from there depending on how people respond and you, um, do you often um well, I'm aware that when I'm saying these like quite broad questions and your work's so varied, yeah. so mm-hmm. each project will be different. But I'm, from looking at some of your projects, you make often make proje- uh, make props or yeah. costumes yeah. and take them, and then I guess mm-hmm. people are invited to um, respond or interact mm-hmm. with them in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, we we often make prompts as well. So we mm-hmm. do a lot of like prompt cards that help also help us to remember, remind us what the heck we're doing, yeah. and then um, we maybe make things as well, and that also helps us to have that aesthetic that we that we want to have as well so it's kind of like a bit of a balance of like of um, having something there that we've made so that we can have a wee bit of a hold on that aesthetic but mm. also letting people just do what they want to do with that as well so I guess it's a balance of like mm. that freedom and that wee bit of control mm-hmm. over what that might look like yeah um, but and there's always a risk to it which is you know exciting because mm-hmm. you just don't know with a lot of these things what's going to happen I was just thinking about that the show in Aberdeen that we did in the hospital tell <laughs> <laughs> us um, um, we're talking about risk mm-hmm. and like the unknown and sort of trust and just letting people mm-hmm. do what they want to do with your props and stuff So far, it was a, this is a gallery space that's in a hospital setting in, in Aberdeen that's really interesting actually um, and they do loads of different projects in this in this gallery the Sutty Art Space it's called mm-hmm. and um we made some videos in the hospital with these waiting chairs that we'd made. Some really sort of soft, quiet, subtle video pieces. I mean, they were funny, but um, yeah, we were trying to be sensitive to where we were as well, but also bring some humour into that setting. And um, so we'd had our video pieces in the gallery and some of the props we'd made, and we'd sort of said, come in, do what you want to do. The gallery space was not invigilated, and it's open 24-7. 
and then we got a phone call from one of the staff members to say you need to come up as soon as you can the place has been completely destroyed oh my god and all of our props we've made these huge big hand um, bean bags that you could sit on to watch the videos and they've been burst ripped apart it was just bean bag micro beads whatever those things are called mm. everywhere like all the props ripped off the walls <laughs> and apparently it's happened in like the smallest amount of time like because they've been out of the galley space for, I don't know, yeah. There was like a family yeah. that had come in for like 10 minutes. And just Left their kids, <laughs> gone to see their gone. relative who was in hospital, uh, came back. Crazy. To complete, <laughs> like, Total chaos. chaos. And I mean, they must have had the best time just ripping all that apart, you know. Did they just um, run for it? Do they just yeah, get in the car and say, yeah, they run for it? So we have no idea to this day. run. Those people were. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had some pretty great photos of just the carnage of that space. But luckily, everything we make is like quite quite quickly made and from usually recycled material. Like, materials, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so like, if you say do what you want to do with our stuff, you've got to embrace the fact that like somebody might rip it apart, set it on fire. I feel like yeah. I've seen a lot of pro- projects where well. your work is like in an outside space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think quite early on, we sort of realised that we didn't really feel comfortable in a gallery setting, you know, and that we felt more comfortable being outside, being at a festival, being... Yeah, more site-specific things that yeah. are not in the, in the white space of the gallery. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the sort of democratising of... The... Yeah, I think yeah, it, it probably I is. Think it is. And yeah. I think it's a patient space. Mm-hmm. I think it's partly that and another part of um, us feeling more freedom in a space that's not confined to something. Even though mm. a gallery space could be whatever you want it to be, I think there's still an intimidation there, even for us as artists mm-hmm. in that space. And I think that if there's an intimidation for us, then some people that might not feel connected to what art is, how are you, how are you going to get them through yeah. So I think like moving outside of that makes just felt much more natural to us. Um, so mm-hmm. like, you know, taking work to festivals, so Supernormal Festival, we've been there a few times and we've mm-hmm. taken some of that sort of parade costume aspect there and pretty much just handed it over to people to sort of do what they want with mm. which was fun because we ended up doing this impromptu parade with a bunch of kids that wore this costume that takes like 12 people in it mm-hmm. um, and they just charged like straight into a mosh pit like they were just off we were like, <laughs> later, like we just like kept seeing them around the site for the next like hour like chanting whatever we are guts yeah we, like just <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah. There's something so um, refreshing about just like giving people that, um, like you know, giving them something, but letting them just do what they want to do with it as well. Yeah, <laughs> they they, they made the well, we made the frame of the sort of the costume itself, yeah. but they painted it all. So they were invited to come and paint make it, it and make oh, it brilliant. with us. And the idea was that it was like this big gut that they could all be inside. Okay. So they were all painting food and stuff on it. They like, would have <laughs> their breakfast yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, actually, one of the projects I wanted to ask you about was one that you did more recently that was part of Against the Run of Play that was in London. I think mm-hmm. you did a workshop with giant balls. Yeah. <laughs> that looked really exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, we... So that was with Against the Run of Play in London. And they put on a series of um, art workshops and projects alongside the Women's World Cup. So they invited us to come and um, create some games as part of a workshop. <laughs> so, yeah, we just, we, we worked with, how many people were there? Maybe like 20 people? Yeah, 
Um, we took a bunch of props, um, but again, just left it all pretty open-ended. Yeah, we had a few prompt cards, and then we did a few warm-up things, did a sort of group conga, got everyone moving yeah. together, playing together, and then we made up some games and teams from ball games using the props. It was an amazing <laughs> space, actually. It's, it was like a... It was top of like a community building that's attached to a school that has yeah. this like rooftop football pitch. Okay, which wow. is really amazing. Mm. It's such a great mm. use of space. So we were like on this rooftop pitch with just this bunch of people that we hadn't met, um, and it was all it was really nice because there was like it was a real mix of people. There was like kids, adults, young people, you know, and um, yeah, and we just had it was just a short workshop session mm. that we were able to do. So and we were travelling from Glasgow, so we literally had a suitcase. Yeah, and we just we split into two teams, and I think we were really lucky with that group of people because they were so up for it. And I think sometimes these these sort of participatory workshops or whatever you want to call them, like it just depends on that group of people as well, mm. you know. And um, they just like were happy to take the lead, you know, and just get on with it. So like Ruby and I took a group each. We each came up with a game. We had to make all the props, the costumes, the game. I think we had half an hour to do it each, and then we showed each other our games, and then we each played each other's games. <laughs> so it was a really nice and simple mm. simple way to do a workshop um, and really fun like you know just just saying something like okay we're on a football pitch we're going to make a game everybody understands what that is you know it's not like sometimes when you're talking about your the your art practice or what you make it just mm-hmm. seems really complicated but just to like break that all down and just say okay we're going to make a game together what could it be mm-hmm. you know and then we had you know, people were making crazy costumes remember that wee girl she just made like sacks little like Satchels and just a little satchel little full of balls. little paper balls. She would yeah. just like throw balls. That's her. She was the ball thrower. And that's just all she did. You know, yeah. so everyone should have their own little roles in the games as well. And yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah, and costumes for people were like linked together. So there was like two head holes and then they had to stay together like while they played. It was <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. I know that you also have a band, don't you? Or you're in a band. Yeah, we, we started a band. <laughs> I mean, this is like so six six good female friends who yeah. um, who worked together in different ways in our own art practice, you know, collaborated in different ways. But thought, well, yeah, let's just wow, well, let's just do it. Can we start a band? So I mean, some some of us play bits and pieces of instruments, but not none of us are really no, that none of us musical. Are, no, uh, yeah. But um, so it was kind of started for a laugh, I suppose, yeah. and as a way to spend time with people that you want to spend time with. Yeah. Um, but it kind of stuck, which was amazing. But we have our names Fallopi in the tube, so I think what happened was people um, sort of heard our name and thought, oh, that sounds, that sounds fun, let's get them in. So we got a lot of gigs before people had heard us, which was great. Because <laughs> then they heard us and they were like, what the heck's this? <laughs> but um, it was very much like, it, it became very much about the theatre of it. Um, I guess there was some politics involved as well and, and mm. costume and the mm. way that we could present ourselves and maybe what we wanted to say and the music was always the last thing so we would have a gig and we'd, we'd have a theme and something that we'd want to work towards and we'd spend ages making videos for it and making costumes and, and it was all like DIY, you know, cardboard, whatever, yeah. cheap things we can do quickly mm. and then we'd have like, we'd be like, oh shit, we've got two weeks we're going to have to write some songs so like you know we'd get some good lyrics down but then we'd have to like come up with the music but um but yeah it's... I usually like write all the lyrics by playing that game consequences as well so we all oh. write the lyrics as a group which is quite yeah. a nice thing as well so everyone just contributes something like a few lines so you write a line you fold the paper and then you pass it yeah. on to someone else and usually we have like a theme. a theme for the song 
it's like we have like one word to start with and then we just go on that Um, yeah and then we just make costumes like that go with that song the theme of that song and um, yeah yeah it's a really um, it's a really like liberating thing to do as well just get on stage with all your best pals and some bonkers costumes you've made and just shout at people (laughs) you know in the next way yeah, um, yeah, it's good that's fun. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is really good fun. Yeah, it's, not, it's always a bit of a spectacle. Yeah. So I think usually we get away with it because there's always something else to look at rather than just listening to what we're playing. <laughs> yeah. um, and Sarah, one of, the, one of the women in our band, she makes a lot of visuals, so she always makes some amazing videos. Some really good videos for each oh, song as well. Song. Yeah. And so you have, so, do you have video projected? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess, like, really it's like a performance. It's mm-hmm. an extension of that whole performance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels, again, like, you know, we're, we're doing this on maybe a stage that wouldn't normally, we wouldn't normally be on. So a lot, so sometimes that's really challenging for us, actually. Like, being, like, in a pub, on a stage, in a lineup of people who are bands, who are actual bands, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it can be a little bit scary and daunting, and it's like... Because we're we're a different context, and if people aren't aware of that, they're just like, "Oh, here's a support band," you know. They're like, "What the hell is this?" Um, <laughs> also, yeah, it's like somewhere between being a band and being a performance, and being like a visual arts, arts yeah. thing. <laughs> so it's a sort of combination. I think of that's all what's also exciting about it because you can kind of access those places that like yeah. maybe you couldn't. Like if you say that's another thing, you know, I was talking about like we're going to play a game and how that's easier to understand than we're going to make a piece of art maybe for some people. Mm. But like this idea that we're a band, like we just people are like, okay, cool, we like to get that you're a band, like you're a performance art group. What the hell's that? Know, you know, like that? okay, okay, we're a band. Like it's just like funny how that language can also just like mm. free you up a little bit or mm. something as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been such an amazing collaboration because it's taken us to lots of places together and like we've had that quality time as friends like travelling somewhere to like a festival to play a gig like mm-hmm. we played Supernormal one year and that was that was amazing fun mm-hmm. um, yeah we had about a year where it was like yeah, we was had a lot like of a tour. we did a tour <laughs> like back to we back we had like gigs. a tour about it it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun yeah but the other thing that was so nice about that in the same way of like our, our in our art practice where it's really about like wanting people to just take it on or make their own out of it mm. was that I felt like the band was another thing that people saw us doing and then thought oh I could do that like and I think there was there was definitely a few younger bands of female bands that like saw us and just thought oh we could do that and did it mm-hmm. and that was that was so amazing as well that like you know to just like do just something sort of empowering people yeah, to yeah. feel like they can just do it themselves yeah it's really nice yeah, yeah. I know you're doing Rumpus Room is that taking up all of your time for the next um, months is that that's taking up quite a lot of my time up to the end of the year. You said you, you've got some funding to work on this project for about half a year. Um, yes, we have enough for six months just to test out different ways of working in this space and um, like working with local community, local schools, children and young people and trying to get, I guess, build a sort of committee of children and young people that can take this space on as theirs as well. Oh, wow. That's so it's, um, we've already have, I think, four, we're calling them Young Creative Advisors working with us um, from the start they're young people aged 16 to 25 um, who are working with us to sort of work out what this space could be how people can feel ownership of it what kind of activities they want to happen um, another part of it that we think is quite important is making ways that we can sort of create opportunities for those young people to lead on projects as well so some of the funding is to pay 
for them to lead workshops. Oh, right, so it, it will be working with artists that they're interested in, pairing them up with people, and then coming up with workshop plans that they can lead on as well. Um, yeah, and we were just thinking about that relationship of collaboration and how sometimes you work with a group of young people, or I guess any group of people, but it's much more of an exchange than maybe mm. you or the person that has the skills and comes into a group. You know, like you get so much from working with those people as well. So we're just trying to find ways that we can maybe like make that more democratic, I suppose, in a way. Because the projects we've done so far as Rumpus Room have been very much through institutions inviting us in as artists to lead projects with children and young people. So we thought if we've got all the space, then we can throw that up in the air a bit and we can, you know, try different ways of working. Mm -hmm. And I guess like as artists as well, maybe like having a workshop led by children for artists to come to, I mean, that would be really exciting, you know, so that's maybe something that we were thinking of. The artists um, become the participants. Well, yeah, like, you know, you yeah. sign up for a kids' <laughs> workshop on something that they've been, you know, working on for ages, I don't know, some bonkers idea that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what the next six months, I guess, is about in this space. And it's just, it feels like such a luxury and, like, freedom just to have, like, autonomy on, of, for, for the project as well.